Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, Rob Guest from Football.London here and welcome to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Talk Tottenham. It's been quite a while now since Spurs were last in action. That was just under a fortnight ago against Norwich City. In that time, we've had three games cancelled following a COVID outbreak, but finally, we are going to have another Tottenham game to talk about very soon with Sunday's game against Liverpool looking set to go ahead. As ever, I'm joined by Alistair Gold to discuss all things Tottenham. Ali, how are you, first of all, given we've not had any football to talk about for what seems like an eternity now? It feels like forever, doesn't it? I mean, we were going to do this podcast early in the week and it was a bit like, there's nothing more to talk about at this point. We kind of wouldn't be adding anything to people's lives. We may not do that today anyway, but, you know, I mean, also, you're taking a bit of a risk there, I feel, in telling everyone that the Liverpool match is definitely going to be on at this weekend because, quite frankly, every time we've felt that the game was going to be on, it hasn't been on. You know, we were both ready to go to the King Power, weren't we? yesterday and um yeah suddenly we start to get messages pinging don't set off kind of thing it's uh it's looking unlikely now and it's just it's mad at the moment it's just like only in the world of Tottenham Hotspur could Tottenham Hotspur start to be getting back to some semblance of normality and everything around them is then going the opposite way it's like Spurs finally sort themselves out and it looks like other like opponents maybe aren't going to be available in weeks to come and oh Covid, eh? It just, it's just not going away. Yeah. So the Liverpool game, as things stand at time of recording on Friday afternoon, <laughs> it does look like it is going to go ahead. But it then again, like guess legal obligation. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, what what game was it during the week? Burnley Watford, wasn't it? When they yeah. just cancelled it, was that a couple of hours ahead of the game? Yeah. When Still Watford fans would have already been travelling. Before yeah. whistle at Burnley, but so the last thing we want to see on Sunday is the game being called off ahead of kickoff. But fingers crossed, Tottenham will be back on the pitch. And what a couple of weeks it has been, to be honest, in the world of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, there's always something to talk about with Tottenham, and that's what we've had over the past two weeks, given the COVID outbreak at the club. That meant the Wrens game couldn't go ahead. Obviously, then he had. Wren issuing a number of statements about the game not being played. You had Vitesse going on about the sporting integrity of the Europa Conference League because they wanted both games to be played at the same time. Then I think it was the Thursday evening when the game should have been played. We had confirmation that Brighton wasn't going to be going ahead because of the COVID outbreak. Then what day was it? Sunday, Tottenham returned to training at Hotspur Way, the available players. And then I think it I was think Saturday. We got the statement from UEFA yes. saying that neither team could agree on a rescheduled date. Yes. Um, so yeah, every every day, even when there's not a match, Tottenham managed to be involved in something. 
Yeah, I think it was Tuesday when it was the first team areas of Hotspur Way start to reopen again. Yeah. It looked like we we're going to have a game against Leicester. Uh, and then, yeah, yesterday got the news around midday that it wasn't going to be going ahead. Then about an hour later, official confirmation coming through. So what a week. What a week, to be honest. It's it's just been crazy, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the situation yesterday in regards where Tottenham were? And I mean, they were ready to go, weren't they, against Leicester? Yeah. They were. They travelled up the day before. Obviously, we'd have the press conference with Antonio Conte where he'd been looking forward, you know, to the match. And, and obviously, not ideal circumstances because none, I think it was maybe he might have had a couple of the returning players who had COVID on the bench, perhaps. But ultimately, it was going to be the team that he probably would have fielded against Wren. Um, obviously, he had Ryan Sessegnon as well, uh, potentially. And I think Sergio Reglon would have probably not been fit to start against Leicester. Um, you know, he's only returned, I think he's actually returning tomorrow to full training. Um, today, I think he's playing more and more of a part. Um, that's obviously the injury he had against Norwich. So, yeah, Tottenham had already travelled. They were up in Leicester, they were at a hotel, ready to play the game. And literally just before they were about to have their lunch, so the message came through that, well, this is the weird thing. Both teams had already asked to have the match postponed, which when you think about it, if both teams are asking to postpone the match, why isn't it being postponed? It's mad. So Tottenham's was a very different reason. Tottenham's actually wasn't COVID-related. It was the fact that they'd originally asked the Premier League to move this game because they'd wanted to play Wren on the Wednesday night, so the 15th. Um, and the Premier League, you know, being the Premier League and obviously having to protect their competition first and prioritise that, they said no. They felt that the league programme should come first, especially with Tottenham having already got the Brighton and the Burnley matches to play. Um, you know, and they felt a third one would be a little bit uh, pushing it. So, obviously, that meant Spurs then couldn't play their Europa Conference League game. Then Leicester, in the days ahead of the match, asked to have it postponed because they had their own, was, was it three or four COVID cases? They had injuries, had an illness. In all, they were going to have nine players out. Um, so, Brendan Rodgers, I saw his press conference, he was a little bit aggrieved at it all. And, obviously, but the Premier League went, no, you've both got to play. Um, and then, yeah. Just before lunchtime, Spurs were told Leicester have made another bid to get it um, postponed because they've got like they've had further out um, further cases, COVID cases. So Tottenham were like, okay, Tottenham obviously willing to play the game because they had no further cases and they were there in the hotel ready to just kind of sit it out until they went to the King Power. Uh, but no, they were told it looks like it's going to go the way of the postponement. And yeah, sure enough, waiting for the confirmation. We've got it about an hour and a half later. And yeah, back to Hotspur Way. Um, I think they went back and did a, um, I think they did a training session. I think they went back and did a, a training session once they got back there. So it's been a funny one. Conte's had time on the pitches with the players he's had available. If you're going to look at a benefit, that's there. You know, he has been having that training time, but obviously very much compromised squad numbers. Um, but it's just mad. It's just mad. And then, like we say, you know, it should be Liverpool this weekend. But Liverpool obviously have had three COVID cases of their own. 
um, first-team players. Will that grow in the days ahead? We'll find out. But personally, I hope we get some football. I hope we do, especially if it's two clubs who aren't having further COVID cases, then that's great and that's the main thing. But it's a weekend without a lot of football. You know, half of the Premier League game's gone. Um, I was looking at, like, League Two is almost wiped out this weekend. There's so many matches. Um, yeah, it's uh, interesting times in football, as always. The thing that I find most frustrating, probably, about it is the fact that both clubs have gone to the Premier League and then they turned it down. Yeah. And then the following day, right, it's off now. Now, as the Premier League, wouldn't you want the best product on show with the best players? So surely you just call it off straight away. Because I think reading about Manchester United at the moment, I think the Manchester Evening News was saying they had about only seven or eight players available. Yeah. So I mean, are you going to get an example where you've, what, six or seven first-team players available, then you've got youth team players in the team. Surely it's the Premier League, you want the best product on show. And yeah, it's just really frustrating that it came to that situation yesterday where it was cancelled. But obviously, thankfully, it was at a time when probably people wouldn't have set off from London to get to Leicester as it was still six or seven hours before kickoff. I'm sure some some probably will have been. I think someone told me that the away, uh, the Spurs travelling coaches had left. So I think some people did, which, yeah, there was a couple of got a couple of angry treat, uh, angry tweets from people saying how annoyed they were at the late notice. Um, it does. It seems to take them a while to make their decisions. The Premier League, doesn't it? I mean, I can only presume that request went in in the morning. Um, obviously, it wasn't till it was about half one ish. I think we eventually think got half one was official confirmation. Yeah, something around that time. Yeah. So not not great, but I, I get there's a lot of moving parts involved, a lot of broadcasters, all of that. But ultimately, the game would just be a bit of a shambles, wouldn't it, really, if they went ahead? I don't think there should have been too much deliberation in it. Yeah, and the worst thing you want is that game to go ahead and then you've got further cases of both clubs after. Yeah. You know, as was what Antonio Conte said the other week when they were training and then you've got players going in and they're literally testing positive straight after and they've just been in contact with the teammates. So obviously you don't want to be in that situation. I mean, if it was to be called off ahead of the game, it would have been interesting to see if Wren wanted to play. Uh, I'm not sure that might have been the case, to be honest. I think they're probably banking on UEFA uh, siding with them in their final outcome and giving them the 3-0 win in the Europe Conference League. Uh, so that is going to be interesting. I think everyone was thinking we might have the outcome this week, but possibly next week now. Uh, there was the Europa Conference League draw on Monday. So regardless of whether it's Tottenham or Vitesse who go through, it's a game against Rapid Vienna in the next one. So... The word out of UEFA appears to be it's probably going to be next week's decision. Which, again, I mean, I I get it. I'd actually say I can understand that one more as having more deliberation involved because obviously they've got to get to the bottom of exactly what Tottenham's situation was at the time. And then also, if Tottenham didn't meet those player requirements for the game, it's a bit like, well, but as we've said before, there's so much more to it. There was the spread. It was quickly, it was, you know, 
what did Spurs end up with? I think Conte said the numbers today. It was something like nine first-team players, seven coaches, lots of under-23s. I think there was quite a few under-23s got it. Um, and obviously, that's not even including the staff around the club, non-football staff as well. Spreading like wildfire around the club. It's like there's no way that match... Ren would have gone back with positive cases. They just probably would have. It would have been so difficult to kind of to not do that. Um, so obviously they've got that to take into account. They've got to take into account Ren's. Um, I mean, it's a difficult one. Ren obviously would be difficult for them to fit in the fixture. The only day would have been that fifteenth, I think. And we don't know. French reports claim that Ren rejected that as a, fi- uh, a date anyway. Obviously, we we don't know whether that's the case or not, but. Other than that, it would have been very difficult for them to play it um, because, yeah, they've got a match against Monaco on the 22nd, haven't they? And after that, it's their winter break. Um, and then you've got Vitesse, who, out of all the statements, I actually kind of felt sorry for them. I did. I, did. I think Ren's statement was very much... It just didn't even mention COVID. It was like almost like, the game's off. It was like no feeling towards what might be happening to the players at Tottenham, the staff. It was a very cold, I felt, statement. Whereas Vitesse's, one of the first things they said was, you know, obviously, uh, kind of, we've heart, the sympathies go to those who've got COVID at Tottenham. And theirs was all about the integrity of the competition, which was quite right. And I, if Spurs do get a 3 0 win, let's say it goes in their direction, I would feel pretty sorry for Vitesse. You know, I know, obviously, we're all about Tottenham and that's what we do. But for Vitesse to have won their game, to have gone out on that pitch, done what they've got to do, and then Tottenham to actually get awarded a place in the knockout or the playoff round by not actually completing their group, I, I think, I feel personally that match needs to be played. That's my big thing. I think they need to fit it in, whether it is in January or whatever. I think if they are going to come to just a conclusion where one of the points are awarded to one or the other, I just... I don't think integrity-wise that that really meets the competition. I don't think it's fair. Even if Tottenham get it, I, I still still think that's so harsh on Vitesse. Yeah, I think you've got to play the game. But then you're looking at the schedule and it's like, where exactly is it going to be played? Uh, I think there can be gaps in January in the schedule. Uh, so... I mean, they will find a gap for it to be played if that's the final outcome and they decide they want it to be rearranged and played again. I, I think it was the right decision overall. And as you alluded to, if it had gone ahead, Ren's players and staff, no doubt would have caught it. And then they'd just be hell on, wouldn't they? That UEFA have allowed this game to go on and now looks look what's happened to us. And then that can have a knock-on effect if say, Wren went on and played their game at the weekend and then the next team got it. So, for me, it was the right outcome and then we'll just have to see what UEFA says. Uh, I know a lot of Tottenham fans are probably wanting to not be in the competition in the uh, knockout stage. I mean, there's arguments for and against the competition, uh, but we'll have to see if Tottenham carry on the road to Tirana or there's an abrupt end to it. Uh, but that will hopefully become much more clear next week. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll leave that there in terms of the Ren game. What there's also talk about now is a potential 
festive shutdown in the Premier League. Uh, the Manchester Evening News were reporting this morning that Premier League clubs are pushing for a festive fire break to combat the COVID-19 outbreak in squads. Uh, from the midweek round, we saw three out of the 10 games uh, cancelled. Already this weekend, uh, five of the 10 games have been cancelled. And I mean, it's Friday afternoon now. I mean, there could still potentially be time for the games on Saturday or Sunday to uh, fall foul of COVID. So we'll have to see what happens uh, with that. I think the idea is basically football, if the Premier League goes on shutdown, it would be over the festive period and then it would return in time for the FA Cup third round, which commences on Friday, January the 7th. So then you're looking at an extra three rounds of Premier League games to fit into the calendar at some point in 2022. Tottenham already have another three games to reschedule against Burnley, Brighton and Leicester. So it's going to be rather tricky trying to uh, fit all these games in. Do you think this is something what needs to happen, Ali? difficult one isn't it i'm kind of somewhere in the middle i totally understand the views of people that are saying just just shut it down have the break it's almost like i don't know there's almost this mentality of i don't know whether people are thinking that if you do it now clubs will just get their infections they'll get their 10 days out of the way and get over get over i don't know if that's the part of the thinking or whether the thinking is purely um you know sanitize all these training grounds, hose them down with all the, you know, the, the stuff they do. Although Sean Dyche said in his presser, I was watching that earlier, he was saying, we do that every day anyway. It's not a case of let's get everyone out the building and do it. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I think you do have the situation where, yes, you could have a break in games now and then the players don't get it, let's say, and then you get a kind of a load of, positive cases at the end of January or something. And it's, I don't know. I, I can, I can understand how it's difficult to just decide this is going to, cause it's different. You know, we had last year, obviously the massive break and that was very different. That was a, uh, it's just near impossible to kind of have football right now. I don't personally at the moment feel like that's the same thing. I don't think that's what we're in at the moment. I think I think if if teams can play games and the integrity isn't affected, then I'd, I'd say probably try to play them. And it is it's it is very it's it's talking about something we've never had before. You know, I I, I don't know whether you know I don't think they had organised football during the plague and things like that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like it's so so different, such a difficult thing to. There's so many aspects to it. You can say one thing, and there's a very good reasoning why the other side also has a fair point. Um, I just, you know, as I said, I think at the top, at the top of the show, it's like the weird thing is that Tottenham are probably now in the point where they've had nine first team players have had it. Um, you know, they will have had in recent months, other players that will probably have had it as well. In a weird way, the outbreak, obviously no one wants to get COVID and, and symptoms, you know, some of the symptoms some of the players have had have been rubbish as well. And it's going to take them a little while, I think, to, to kind of get back into the swing of things. But I just wonder whether once you've had your outbreak, whether that's then Tottenham maybe until the end of the season are unlikely to have similar things again. You know, science seems to suggest it, it would be unlikely. So 
I don't know. I th- I personally, I think fixtures wise, you've got the that winter break weekend. You know, the, there's a game there that could be squeezed in. I still wonder whether the season will have to be extended by a week. I know the Premier League aren't keen to do that in any way, and obviously you've got the Nations League and international matches after the season ends, but that's in what mid June. <sighs> I think you could probably get away with chucking another week on. And, you know, I know the players, are, the, the, the thought process is, oh, the players will be knackered and not get as much of a break. But, you know, Spurs players for the last two weeks haven't played any football. There are going to be, I think there's going to be the odd week where other clubs will get these outbreaks as well. I, I think that rest will probably occur during the season. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm not fully on board for a kind of a let's wipe out a weekend's worth of fixtures. Um, I do feel that if you can play these games and the clubs are happy to play them and they're not getting further cases and it would appear safe to do so, I think you try and get them done. I don't know. What's your feeling on it? I mean, I think it could probably be a good thing to have a bit of a break uh, for the festive games, given the current scenario, because... It just seems to be there's just games being cancelled left, right and centre at the moment. I mean, that's just not in the Premier League. That's the Football League mm. as well. Uh, what you don't want to happen is come February, March, whatever, when you're looking at the Premier League table, say you've got a team who's played 25 games, Tottenham have played 16, <laughs> like, like that. You just don't want that because it will just look like uh, a Sunday league football table to be honest come the end of the season when yes. teams are just playing catch up uh, that's the last thing you want especially when you're like Tottenham and you go in for if you're looking for the top four you don't want to be playing catch up in the final few months but the problem you've got and I've said it is is the calendar there's so little room for fixtures to be put in I mean they've been having a look at it over the past few weeks, really, since the Burnley game, and you're thinking, where are you going to fit this Burnley game in if Spurs, say, are still battling on four fronts come January because we've got the Carabao Cup quarterfinal against West Ham on Wednesday, the FA Cup against Markham in January, potentially Europe Conference League, depending on the outcome from UEFA. There's just so little room in the schedule. And I was saying to you earlier, I think... They need to do what they did last year with the calendar. It's basically scrap FA Cup replays. Mm. That'll give you another week, midweek, to get fixtures in. Carabao Cup semi-finals, just do one-legged ones again. Make sure Tottenham have a home advantage, though, if if they go through. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, the quarterfinal, sorry, the Carabao Cup semi-finals are over two weeks. Then it's like you've got the Champions League is over four weeks because they split the games now. So there'll be four played one week, four played the following week, and then for the following two weeks, then they'll play the second legs. And for Tottenham in the Europe Conference League in February, if they go through, they're in the knockout playoff round. So that's two midweeks in February. That's before the round of 16 commences uh, in March. So there's just... So little room in the calendar. I think there's a week in April between the Brentford and Brighton games for a midweek game. And then there's a couple of free midweeks at the end of the season. But I'm sure I saw something before 
this was a few years ago. I mean, it might have changed, but it was like basically you cannot have a top league playing on the same night as Champions League. I'm sure that was the case. You couldn't have a Premier League oh, game really? on the night of a Champions League. Positive had seen something like that before. I mean, that might have changed, but I mean, that just won't be possible, would it, if there's so many games to be played uh, in You've 2022? Got to adapt for very different times, yeah. haven't they? They've got to adapt. This is what I mean about the UEFA rules. I think, as as much as I understand them going, oh, you know, we've had this set rule of you have to have less than 13 available players if for a game to be called off, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work like that. Life right now isn't conforming to rules like that. It's like, yes, you might have had a couple more players. That is the case, but you know, there's just so many weird scenarios and infections and spreading. And yeah, is there another international break before the end of the season? There's one in the end of January, but that is just, I believe, like the South American uh, qualifiers because they've got so many games to catch up on themselves because yeah. they decided to have a Copper America for whatever reason last summer. Uh, then there's the, I think there's some Asian World Cup qualifiers. I think basically there's qualifiers, but there's no European games. So I, I don't think... Nations as well, isn't there, of course. And... Yeah, I think there's an international round in March as well. But I think that's the only one where, like, everyone will be playing. International so, football, yeah. It's just a yeah. pain in the backside at the best of times, but right now sending players off here, there, and everywhere—it's just—it could be—it could be utterly disastrous, couldn't it? Yeah. Just going back to what I said earlier about the Premier League games or whatever, top leagues not playing at the same time as Champions League. I'll have to double check on that. I think it might be they can't kick off at the same time. Right. It had to be okay. different times or something That's like that. Slightly different, yeah. But I'm sure there was something like that before. I will have to double check it, though. <laughs> it's good that we're well prepared when we throw out these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there is a festive shutdown, I know you can see the negative that oh, Tottenham are going to have six games in hand or whatever to be played. But they can actually be a bit of a positive for Spurs, and that will be, it will give Antonio Conte a mini pre-season of sorts to work with his Tottenham players, providing they're all available and not out uh, due to COVID cases, that they can he can work with them uh, day in, day out over a good period of time, get his ideas, get his football philosophy across and get Tottenham playing his way. And as well as that, I know he said he wants time to evaluate all of his players ahead of the January transfer window. He'd get that as well if there was a bit of a break in play over the coming weeks, which... Would be a good thing. I think it could work to Spurs' favour, but I mean, you can see it both ways in terms of the fixtures pile up as well, what could potentially happen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's a funny time for Conte. It really is. It's like, yeah, that would act as, you know, th this was the benefit for Jose Mourinho. In, in his first season when he when football shut down, and obviously he had then had a very difficult period where he was doing the Zoom training uh, sessions and from afar and the players in their houses. But when they kind of came back, he managed to have this little, we kind of called it, didn't we, at the time, like a bonus pre-season with them. Um, for Conte, yes. It depends which way it works, I suppose. If you've got everyone fit and they are in a good way and the COVID hasn't affected them too much, then yes, you could certainly, 
he could get the uh, the Conte philosophy kind of drilled in, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I just fear those fixtures are just going to pile up too much. To already have three, to then I mean I suppose if you're going to have that shutdown, you'd lose Liverpool and West Ham. Are you saying come back in January? Is that what it is? The FA Cup. Yeah, uh, I think so. It might just be a case of playing this weekend's games and then I don't know if the Carabao Cup games would go ahead, but it sounds like your Boxing Day game, your New Year's Day and the one in between, three rounds and then return for the FA Cup from Friday, January the 7th. I suppose, yeah, we'd have six, six Premier League games, potentially a Carabao Cup one. Potentially, Europa Conference League one. <laughs> it would just be carny, yeah. wouldn't it? Potentially Liverpool as well. If that don't yeah. go ahead, yeah, it'd yeah, be madness. I, I, just, I, I almost think it causes more problems than it fixes. I, I get. Oh, don't get me wrong. On the health and safety aspects of it, I understand it, and I totally understand it. If you're having cases within your club, but I think for certain teams like Tottenham, I think Tottenham now probably won't get further cases. They may get the odd one or two. Um, Man United, you know, looks like they've had their outbreak as well. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm properly torn on this one. It's it's uh, it's one that I think I've seen. Well, I've seen it on social media. It's causing loads of debate. You know, there's certain people that want it to keep going. It'd be interesting to know what the players think. We haven't really heard too much from them. We've only heard the managers. Um, and they've had differing opinions. You know, I've seen Thomas Frank saying it has to happen. Um, Conte was very much today was, oh, we'll just do what we're told, kind of. Um, Klopp, I think, he was just saying he just wants to play. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's one that's going to divide opinion. It really is. So we'll uh, we'll move on to this Sunday's game against Liverpool. Liverpool, uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Liverpool are absolutely flying at the moment. Second in the Premier League table, won the last six in the Premier League, including last night against Newcastle United, three-one win. I mean, this probably isn't the game you want from a Tottenham perspective if you've not had a game for two weeks. No. No, it really isn't. At, Liverpool just looks so dangerous going forward. They just really, really do. Obviously, um, you know, we know that if the game goes ahead, they're going to go be without uh, Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho, and the other players completely gone out of my head. It was a third Curtis player. Jones. That was it. So, you know, defensively, there's going to be a few little kind of missing pieces of their jigsaw there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tottenham are going to be no different, really. The players that have had COVID are coming back in kind of like dribs and drabs, as it were, when their isolation period ends, and they're being very cautious with them. Um, you know, I asked um, Antonio Conte today about, you know, whether he'd seen the players that have come back, they've been struggling in training sessions, or had they missed training sessions? And he's like, you know, we just know we can't set them the same amount of work to do. We've been very careful with them. Um, and that, you know, it kind of leans towards players coming back, probably being on the bench. You know, he said that would have been the case for Leicester. And I wonder whether against Liverpool, it's still the case. So to ask someone to come back from COVID, especially if they've had symptoms, to, and then play, or at least not training for 10 days, and then ask them to play 90 minutes against one of the probably highest energy pressing teams in the Premier League as well. It's a massive ask. And then... 
you know, Sergio Regulon, he's, you know, just come back. Like, it's going to have first full training session by the sounds of it tomorrow, the day before the game. Do you then put him in, or do you have, you know, a youngster in Ryan Sessegnon kind of up against the likes of, you know, Salah down that side? And, and it's, yeah, even with their three, you know, absences, Liverpool, they're formidable right now. They really are. Um, and Tottenham against Liverpool hasn't always been the the happiest of uh, matches for Spurs in recent years. They went they went for a little phase of kind of doing pretty well against Liverpool, but in recent years this tailed off massively. Um, yeah, it's not you know, with no disrespect to the other teams, but you you would have wanted to have played Brighton before this game, you know, especially the problems that they had. You you would have wanted to have played Leicester, who have been a bit mixed. Um, and and Ren as well. You wouldn't want to have to return for the first time in two weeks and having such an understrength squad to come back and play Liverpool. Um, and Klopp wants to play. Conte wants to play. So you know, barring a disaster in the Liverpool camp, then it looks like it is going to go ahead. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. It really is. If it, if it is to be the the last bit of football Spurs play. If there is to be a circuit breaker, um, a circuit break in the uh, the Premier League, I hope it's a positive way to end it for them because you know it's going to be such a challenge. Yeah, but Spurs have been doing well over Anto- under Antonio Conte so far. I think he's it six games in charge, four wins, three wins from four in the Premier League, three clean sheets. So I mean, things are certainly heading in the right direction. But they are, but how close would that Liverpool. team be to the Mura one? Yeah, true. <laughs> Which true. was the one negative kind of really result. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool are just flying at the moment and they just seem to be scoring three, four, five goals a game at the moment. I know Wolves ran them really close a few uh, weeks ago, lost out to a, a stoppage time goal. So it's going to be a really tough test, but Spurs in the past few games against Liverpool obviously there was that one two years ago when Jose Mourinho handed Jaffet Tanganga his Premier League debut and he did really really well up against Sadio Mane uh, I think Tanganga was right back was he that day I think he was wasn't he yeah wasn't he playing right back. Or was it like a, a second right back role it was like a, a strange formation wasn't it with, was it was it with Aurier as well I'm trying to remember who it was he was kind of it almost playing behind another right-back. I think it was Aurier. Yeah, there was obviously that game. I think that was 1-0 to Liverpool then 12 months ago, probably around this time now. Uh, it was the game at Anfield last year when Spurs lost yes. 2-1 following that last-minute Firmino header. And Steven Bergwijn had those two chances, glorious chances at the cop end if one of those had gone in. You know, Spurs were top of the table then. They were. Yeah. It'd have been really interesting to Finding see what doors moment that could have been. Yeah, massive. Would have been really interesting to see what had happened if uh you know the the one at Anfield that day and just kicked on from there and then it was around January, February time when they played again, was it three one last year? I didn't yes. Hoybeck score. Didn't Hoybeck yeah. score, didn't he? Yeah, Spurs weren't weren't very good in that one at all. No, so fingers crossed it'll be much better. But like we said, you know, Spurs haven't played for a couple of weeks. Liverpool are just on fire at the moment. So you could see 
potentially a, a huge, huge difference between the sides. I know we've spoken about potentially Sergio Regulan coming back and playing this weekend. Uh, Antonio Conte did reveal before the Leicester game that Giovanni Lacelso is available again because he suffered a knee injury on international duty. Yeah. The international break, what appeared to be going oh so well for Tottenham <laughs> up until that Argentina-Brazil game, lost Christian Romero to a hamstring injury, still waiting for him to get back. And then obviously Lacelso as well was an injury casualty. In just that get game, rid of international football. Just get rid of international football. <laughs> it's the only way. It just causes Tottenham so much pain. It really does. Yeah, so maybe we could see Giovanni Lacelso return to the team. He's only played in two games under Conte so far. Didn't came on late on against Vitesse, then came on for the final twenty minutes against Everton. Hit the post with that curling effort. What nearly went in in the last minute. So it's going to be. Basically, it's got to be really interesting to see actually where Giovanni Lacelso fits into an Antonio Conte team because I know he's a central midfielder by trade. That's where he previously played at PSG. Then uh, Real Betis in a number of other roles, but perhaps that versatility, what we've seen from him at Tottenham, might be a bad thing to be honest because it's just. He's been unable to nail down a regular place in the team and we've not been able to see his best position. Uh, so, I mean, he could be an option in the midfield too. I don't think probably not, especially when you get Hoybjerg and Skip in there. So does that mean he's got to be part of a front three? What Nuno Espirito Santo did put him in at the start of the season, I think away at Wolves, came on against Man City in the front three as well. So... It's going to be uh, a big few weeks for Lo Celso coming up. This is his third season at the club now and we've just not seen the best of him, have we, on a consistent basis? No, no, not at all. Little glimpses here and there and little moments where you can see the quality he's got. But, yeah, he just he just never had a real settled run in the first team, like a really consistent long run of starts. This, I think, one of the Liverpool game will come a bit too soon for him. He's only been really back in training for a week uh, or this week. Um, yeah, he's a funny one. It's like, I think you probably see Tongi on Mbele more as the a player that you'd probably be slightly more comfortable with in a two in the middle, whereas Le Celsi, it's happened, but it hasn't looked great when it has happened. Um, I do think maybe... Maybe his size, maybe that's what people look at as well, and he, I, I which isn't always the best way to look at I mean, Just look at Luka Modric is the perfect example of uh, of not just looking at someone's size as whether they're capable of playing in a deeper role. And he certainly did in Spain also, but I, I just wonder whether in the Conte system, yes, maybe as, maybe as the number 10, um, you know, behind if he was going to go through like a 3-4-1-2, if he was going to go that way, or even in a 3-4-3, probably could play out wide, especially if you had a wing-back that was going to fly past him. Um, so maybe you'd play him on the left and allow Regulon to bomb on past him and he would tuck in slightly. But, yeah, there's, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation we probably could have about a few of these players in this squad. Exactly where do they fit in? And that's pretty much what Conte has been doing. He's been evaluating them for exactly that. He asked for another month to evaluate them. You know, he told us today he's going to be having his chats with 
uh, Fabio Paratici and Daniel Levy this week to talk about the transfer window. And, you know, and he said, I, I need to still evaluate. This is the problem, isn't it, as well? He hasn't been able to really evaluate players in match situations. You know, he said to me the other day that this COVID kind of time at the club is almost is like a, a second chance for or a, a provides a chance for some of the other players in the squad to show him that he deserved to stay at Tottenham, really. That's his own words. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, there are so many players, you know, we've spoken about like Delhi. I don't know really where Delhi fits into an Antonio Conte formation. Um, I mean, there's roles for him, but are there other players that are ahead of him in that pack right now? Um, Tongi is one at the moment. Obviously, he hasn't been getting those minutes under him. Um, Harry Winks has people ahead of him. Even someone like Brian Hill, you know, he clearly has a lot of great attributes and he's very young, he's very talented, he's versatile. But what his final role in the Conte lineup will be, I, I don't honestly know. I couldn't tell you what side he'll play on. Will he turn him into a number 10? Um, you know, there's so many kind of unknowns. Um, Jaffet Tanganga we've seen play as a, as a wing-back a couple of times, but clearly that can't be his role going forward. He's going to have to be on the on the end of a of the back three, whether it's the left or right. Joe Roden, you know, shoved now as like the second choice behind Eric Dyer. whereas personally, I feel Joe Roden could play on the left or right of a back three. I, I don't really... It, it's an interesting one. It's, he's actually quite... Um, how do I put this? Um, he has very set ideas, Antonio Conte. And look, he's one of the best managers in the world. So clearly his set ideas work. But I've just found that quite interesting. With certain players, he's clearly decided that's where you'll play for me. And that's it, unless it's an absolute emergency, which is quite interesting to see because, you know, a lot of other men, let's say Pochettino, I think he utilised the versatility of a lot of players and they'd end up playing in various roles. Whereas with Conte, yeah, these very set ideals about players, and um, like I say, I, I'm certainly not going to uh, not going to disagree because the man's won pretty much everything, hasn't he? So uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens in January and, and what his evaluate. I don't think he'll ever tell us, unfortunately, what his evaluations are. But God, can you imagine if he'd written that in a little notebook somewhere? Just have a little peek at that notebook to see what he'd said about players whether it matches up with all the frustrations and things that we've said about certain players and the fans say, or whether it's the complete opposite. And actually, you know, he has very different views. I'm sure that is a cut. I mean, we've already seen it with, with players like Eric Dyer, with Ben Davies. He's probably got better performances out of them uh, than many expected. Um, whether that's harsh or not, I don't know. But yeah, no, I'd love to get my hand on them. I don't know why I'm saying a notebook. It, it could well be a tablet in today's world. He may have written these, or he, it may just be all in that big old brain he's got. So, uh, yeah, no, I'd love to know what he thinks of them all. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting few weeks. I mean, even though we've not had games, it does give Conte time to evaluate those players on the training pitch when they have been on there. And then it's an important few weeks ahead as what are we just over two weeks away now from the transfer window reopening? So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a very important month or so at Tottenham. And hopefully we will be able to see a few changes here and there at the club in January because uh, I think it's clear to see the transfer rebuild, what Fabio Paratici started in the summer. And now he just wasn't going to take the one window. It's going to be over a few windows. So hopefully we'll see 
the next part of the equation, see who comes in, see who goes. Uh, what we saw two years ago when Jose Mourinho was manager was he was allowed to bring players in in January, even though a few weeks earlier he'd said basically he was happy with the squad and he didn't want players to come in. People until get so the results. With that phrase, don't they? The fans yeah. get so annoyed, but it's like, but you, I, I don't understand why they don't get it. It's like it's, and I'm not saying every fan at all. It's only some fans, but if you're the manager coming in and you want to motivate your players, <laughs> you don't say I'm going to clear a lot of you out in January. That's not how it works. You have to come in and say, as a new manager, and give them confidence. If you're coming in, it's because that confidence has been broken. And they are not performing as they should. So you've got to come in and say stuff like that. Clearly, the squad is, it can't be considered good enough to do what Tottenham want with it right now because it hasn't been displaying that. We all know that. Conte knows that. And that's why he's saying about evaluating certain players and who will stay in January. You know, <laughs> I just find it funny how people get very upset about words when clearly there's got to be a deeper meaning to them. But, uh, you know, I think we'll see changes. I think we'll maybe a couple in, a couple out, um, just to kind of keep tweaking that squad. And But I, I think I've said this before. I think next summer will be the biggie. I think that's when we'll see the Conte Tottenham starting to take shape. Yeah, I don't think there'll be mass changes. January is just such a difficult market to operate in. Limited players available, the ones who are clubs want millions so I mean from say like a Newcastle United point of view it's going to be really interesting to see the amount of money they're going to be charged in January given yeah. all the money they've got following the recent takeover so yeah I think we'll leave that there for today's latest episode of Golden Guest Talk Tottenham fingers crossed we do have a match on Sunday like I said earlier as things stand the match does look like it's going to go ahead at the moment so yeah uh, next week we'll be back and yeah, we'll be looking back at the Liverpool game and potentially at the Carabao Cup quarterfinal against West Ham. What is scheduled for the Wednesday evening? So, as ever, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to leave us a review on Apple, that would be great. And then next time, we'll catch you then. So, as always, just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news.